Welcome to Build Your Biz, the official podcast of the Skillspace community. Hi, this is Amy Smith from Skillspace, where it's my job to impart some wisdom to help you grow and build your online business and brand. Hi, Erin. Hello. You. Let me get you, let's see where you are. Get you in the, okay, so everybody can see you now. So thank you for joining. Uh, so I said right before I got you on that. The full title, Understanding Your Strengths and How to Leverage Them for Success, which is great because, you know, it's a strength-based world, basically, and putting this into practice and understanding yourself so you can better serve your clients. I love it. So yeah, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Okay, great. So my name is Erin Shevish, and I am a mindset success coach and one half of the business wit and wisdom. Um, my role is to help women overcome those mental barriers and those self-imposed obstacles that we all love and to really help entrepreneurs step into their purpose with that clarity they need to create lasting success. Um, I've been working online for way too long, like seven years, <laughs> the days of old, um, and started out with a product-based business and a uh, DIY lifestyle blog and eventually evolved into coaching. And that's what I do now is work one-on-one with women and in group coaching settings. Perfect. Mindset coaching. Um, I didn't want to necessarily say that I didn't put as much value into it as I should have, because that, that wouldn't be right. But I guess, I didn't realize the power of it in mm, mm-hmm. or I don't know, but it's, it's a great thing to have. I was, I was recently speaking with a mindset coach and I was just like, like, it's like some of the things it's like, okay, I know this, but I'm still not doing it. <laughs> so yeah. it's really phenomenal to have, um, to, and a lot of people are fortunately getting on board with mindset coaching. So, that's mm-hmm. and I know that, um, we're speaking with your other half next week. Yes. um, Let's get started. If anybody who pops in has questions for Erin about um, strengths or mindset, hacks or whatever, just let us know. So first of all, um, what what do you recommend for people who are kind of getting started? Mindset wise? Yeah. So like people, I feel like a lot of people get in reps. But first of all, and you know, they, mm-hmm. or they're like, well, I don't know if I can do this. You know, I, I mean, I get in a rut all the time. Like mm-hmm. I am in so many different ways and then like not living up to my full potential. I undervalue myself with um, mm. just my pricing and all that stuff. So that's a lot, right. but just for getting people getting started, maybe quitting their nine to five or getting yeah. the the first thing I recommend for new business owners, and this is something that I think people are automatically really afraid of, is to shut off that outside voice, the outside influences, because when you're a beginner business owner, you don't see other beginner business owners out there talking about their journey. You see people that are in the middle of their journey. And you immediately, when you see that, you latch on to this idea that that's what you need to be right from the beginning. And I can assure you that none of us that are in the middle of our journey started out like put together like this, you know, 
when I started, this was before Facebook groups and before like, you know, coaches were really, um, mainstream, I guess, in entrepreneur world. Um, and I was a hot mess. It was, it was terrible. So I think that's where I benefited <laughs> with starting earlier is I didn't have a lot of people saying, you need to do this to be successful. I had to just figure it out on my own. So tune out those outside influences and listen to your own gut and then just do it. Like just start acting on things because the absolute worst thing that can happen is you make a mistake and that's not a big deal. That means you learn from it. That's kind of a, a wit and wisdom rule of success, I think, is that you never are falling backwards. You are failing forwards. I have heard some great insights lately on that, that the only true mm -hmm. failure is not trying, stuff like that. But then mm -hmm. also that, you know, this idea of FOMO, fear of missing out, and all that stuff. And it's like, well, again, the only true failure is not doing it. So comparing yourself too much, like it's a good benchmark, I guess. But, you know, right. comparing yourself too much, like, you got to focus on your own journal, journey and what's going to work mm -hmm. on you. So yeah. that advice is, you know, you are, you're the only one that can do what you're doing. And even if you're, I don't know, I was, on my last interview, I was talking about how, like, there's some niches that are just, you probably experienced this mindset coaching. I feel like there's a lot of different people doing that, but that doesn't mm -hmm. mean you can't still be successful. Or, you know, oh like yeah, media marketers or real estate agents because there's a lot of people doing that doesn't mean you are never going to end up making money off of it. So, oh, absolutely, absolutely, and that's where strengths really come into play here because I'm a I'm a firm believer in there's room at the table for anybody who wants to get involved in an industry. I will, you know, coach coaches like I will tell people, you know, teach coaches how to do certain things because I don't mind having other people in the field because there there's just there's so many people who have a, a need to be met and if you are paying attention to your own strengths and you're listening to your gut on what you're good at and being authentic to yourself and your voice you are not going to be competing with anybody else because there are going to be people who need to hear things and receive your message from you they're not going to be able to receive it from any, from anybody else so that's a, a really important thing to remember because it doesn't just apply to mindset coaches. It applies to every field out there. Exactly. Definitely. And um, like you said, figuring out your strength and your sweet spot to, to make it work. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes like niching down before mm -hmm. you niche right back up can help. So what do you recommend people do to get yeah it's actually surprisingly not obvious what you're yeah. good at because you're living your strengths every day it's something that comes second nature so it's something you don't pay attention to this is why it's so easy for people to gravitate towards trying to correct or learn things that they're not necessarily good at mm -hmm. because it's it's obvious to them so when you're going through that process of what am I good at, what are my strengths, it's not always as simple as like, oh, I am really good at this. You actually have to think about it with some intention. And one of the exercises that I like to give clients is go through a day, and as you're going through the day, write down the things that you do that are like second nature. 
the things that you handle with like outbreaking a sweat, you don't have to put a whole lot of effort into it. Those are typically your strengths. And you can really pull from those what the the foundation of that strength is. For an example, um, I didn't realize until later on in my entrepreneurial journey that I was, you know, a natural born coach. I was having lots of conversations with people, you know, but I was doing something completely different. And when I sat down at the end of the day, I was like, it's only these periods of time that I'm not feeling like I'm struggling. And it's when I'm having conversations with other people mm-hmm. and had someone else highlight that to me, you know, you should be a coach. And I'm sitting here like, Oh my goodness, there's the answer. It's so obvious. And that's really what it's all about is finding those things that you enjoy doing and that don't cause you to have like an excess amount of stress, you know, that you're not having to like struggle with. Am I good at this? Am I doing this right? If you have, like, once you've identified those things, you can start to learn how to apply those skills to everything else in your business. So I guess two things based on that is um, definitely feel like some people will pivot more than maybe they thought they would. Is mm-hmm. like, okay, this is what I'm doing. But then, like you said, people will, will tell you, like, no, this is what you should do. People mm-hmm. have this grand idea, like, for instance, you know, I do growth coach development. I'm like, I love it. I'm good at it. Fortunately, people will do that. But then, you know, I have had other people say other things. or So people will kind of start telling you what, yeah. what you know, and a lot of people will be surprised that, you know, the, what will be successful isn't always what they started out. And um, yeah. the example I had was... Um, in my last interview, he was doing um, parenting. He was doing some parenting classes with his wife, and she was saying that he ended up um, just completely pivoting and going into like sales and marketing because yeah. everybody was like, "You should teach this. You should teach this." And he's like, "No, You're like no, <laughs> you should teach this." And he's so successful now. So right, built, figuring out your strength, yes, your passion. I love that. Um, what do you think, how, you were saying people should list all these, um, their strengths, this is a day so they don't break their sweat. Do you have any recommendations on how people can maybe figure out using those strengths to create something? Like, for instance, I don't know, because you know how sometimes things, like, they don't really look like they could be something? That makes sense. I don't have any examples for you. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I, I have an example I can give here. So I'm gonna use um, I'm gonna use my my business partner as an example because she's a beautiful example of someone who pivoted based off of her skill set and her strengths. Um, when Kirsten started working online, she started working online about the same time as I did, and she was a again a DIY lifestyle blogger just like me. Um, we were you know back in the day when being a DIY lifestyle blogger was cool. <laughs> like that's what we all did. Yeah, we are all one of those at some point when we were trying to like dip our toes into this journey, right? Um, But she started out, you know, um, home decor, crafts, that sort of thing. And then she started uh, taking advantage of email marketing. And she was one of the very first in our like circle of people um, that really dove into it. And she loved it, loved it. Whereas everybody else was like, I don't know if I have emails to send to people. I don't know what to say. And she learned the the email marketing world inside and out and it you know I think there had to have been that point for her and we've never had a discussion like what made you decide to do this but she 
she's very impulsive. She just, you know, when she feels good about something, she goes like headfirst into it um, in such a good way. So she's this DIY lifestyle blogger. She's learned email marketing and she ended up writing an ebook on email marketing just to kind of diversify her income a little bit. And I believe it's still out there. It's inbox of opportunity. She's the, the author of that. Um, and when she realized like this thing that she was good at, that isn't necessarily something that people are like, I'm going to start a business on email. She did. She built a business based off of her email and continued to learn and realized how much she loved it. She loved email. She still loves email. She nerds out on it all the time. Um, but she started doing like email coaching and teaching other people how to do, you know, how to strategize their, their emails and their newsletters and build their lists and all of that. And it became a full business for her. And this is, that was not something that was really, you know, she, I'm sure she didn't start her business and say, you know what, one day I'm going to be an email marketing expert. And here she is today. So it really is about when you hit that point where you're like, Oh, I'm really good at this. And not everybody else is, um, because that's, you know, mankind, you're, you're good at things that other people aren't. Um, you hit that point and then you realize like, not only are you good at it, but you like it. Mm-hmm. Like that's a huge part of it. You have to enjoy it. That's when the, the magic pivots happen. The pivots that I see happen a lot that end up not so <laughs> successful are when people do hear those very, um, and it's always meant as a compliment that, Oh, you should sell this. Or, oh, you should do this, and it's not something they genuinely love, you know? And they're just like, oh, somebody else told me I should do it, so I should. When you listen to the shoulds in that area, that sets yourself up for, like, just flatlining eventually because you're not going to have the passion or the motivation to keep it going. So you do have to find, like you said, that sweet spot where you've got people who are backing you saying, yeah, you're really good at this, and also where you're like, man, I could do this all day, and it wouldn't, you know, bore me. That's a great point, because I feel like some people, there are occasionally people that probably get lucky, mm-hmm. it's really just luck, that can do that, but for the most part, I mean, there, people can sense your passion, and it transcends your energy, I almost mm-hmm. feel like people probably think I'm lying when I say I have a passion for what I do, because I'm sure everybody uses that, like, term, but I'm like, yeah. you, can st- you can sense it, though. And, you know, oh, absolutely. You're not going to get burned out and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So that's, that's a great point is the sweet spot. And, you know, just because someone tells you to do something, you know, you need to do it. Right. Right. Just because someone's complimenting you, like that's a huge thing. And people do mean it very complimentary when they're like, oh, you should, you should sell this. I, especially product-based business owners. I see um, people get very overwhelmed because they'll, they'll make something as a gift for someone else. And the recipient's like, you should sell these. And they're like, oh my goodness, this is my life's calling. And, and it's really not, you know, it's something that they made just the one time. And then they wonder why they're not super in love with what they're doing. Um, because it, it can't be just an outside person, like an outside influence saying, oh, this is it. You have to be in alignment with it, too. Yes. Well, um, for everybody, if you're just coming in again, this is, I'm talking with Erin, and we're, we are going over finding and determining what your strengths are so you can be successful and leveraging them. Success. So mm-hmm. at that point, how would you start, what would be the next stepping stone for, okay, I figured out my strengths, like, where should someone go next? 
Well, it's going to vary depending on each person's strengths, obviously. But the foundation of this is, is that once you know what your strengths are, you're able to start to implement those strengths into everything that you do. And you're able to use those strengths in a way that makes all those things that you're, that you're wasting time on trying to be better at, they become irrelevant. Those things you don't have to do, those are things you don't have to do anymore. A good example is I had a client last year who was amazing on video, amazing on video. She loved doing video, um, but she had gotten pressured into doing a podcast. And podcasting was not her strength. It was not an area she really enjoyed. She would do the podcast, but she'd have to go through the, the editing process and the awkwardness of like, she just didn't enjoy it. It wasn't something she loved. So she wasted a ton of time trying to make this work for herself. She wasted a ton of money, you know, outsourcing, trying to get people to take over this project for her. And in the long run, gave it up, and went back to doing what she truly loved, which was video content, and became really successful with it. And that's how she gets her message out there now. And this is one of those things where I say, you know, yes, it's great to experiment with, <laughs> with different areas. But remember to be true to those strengths. Because when you're not, when you're fighting your strengths, you do that thing uh, of, of wasting time and making things more difficult for yourself and burning yourself out. And in order to make your strengths help you be more successful, you have to really continue to flourish in them. So for her, it was video. She kept doing more video. She implemented live video more often and started working and in marketing into that rather than trying to do the podcast marketing and all of that. And it benefited her in a huge way, huge way, ended up landing her lots of uh, different jobs and just huge. So I think that's a prime example of it. And that's where it really starts is when you know your strengths work those things, you know, work them. Don't let them sit there on the back burner just because you're like, oh, well, it's not a big deal to me. You know, it's just, some, it's easy for me. It, it may be easy for you, but it's impressive to everybody else. That's <laughs> true. I, I definitely see a lot of people undervaluing that. Yeah. What, what they have. I mean, I do it myself, yeah. but some people are like, I guess it's because it's like, oh, if I can do this, everybody can do this. No, we can yeah. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, it's I, definitely I that, that mindset. And then some people, they don't even realize there is always a thing always and the things that it's always so funny to me because people are like well the things that I'm good at you know they don't really apply to anything you can't turn them into a business and I always like to refer back to my one of my favorite business owners of all time um Jenny uh Jenny Gantz I think her last name is but she's a bridesmaid for hire she realized that she's a really good bridesmaid she's really good at being moral support and like keeping the day of the wedding like smooth and that is her job and she turned it into a like multi-million business million dollar business being a bridesmaid for hire something that nobody else would have been like oh yeah that works she just went for it nice That's right isn't that amazing fun job you get the free food oh, yeah you get to like, go hang out at weddings all the, all the time she's on like she's hanging in so many yeah places. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's so funny. I mean, that's actually kind of how, um, I mean, I didn't do that, but that's kind of how I found website development is I was doing mm -hmm. photography, I was doing graphic design. I kind of was always doing a little extra, you know, back in the days of like MySpace and I was doing like a little bit of coding that nobody else yeah. was doing um, and then stuff like that. And then like someone just, you know, I did my own stuff. Someone was like, I like what you do. Can you do it? I did it for them, like, I kept doing, like, that's how it, I 
came. Like, again, I was like, I like photography. Like, I mm-hmm. thought I would be, I wanted to be like National Geographic photography. And I did not do yeah. that. I do not want to do that. I don't mind um, um, product. I don't mind Facebook for friends and family. I did my, my nephew and his sister. I love them. But, you know, like, that's the <laughs> thing is, even if you, like, another, that's another thing. Is even if you start out with a passion, sometimes once you start getting into it, it's not what you thought it was going to be. Oh, absolutely. Me, yeah. For me, I was like, I did a wedding, and I was like, I don't know. I don't want to, you know, work every weekend and all that stuff. Yeah. So that's that's another reason for, like, open-mindedness for pivoting, which I guess leads me into, I feel like a lot of people, they, they get, like, you guys know, they get stuck in their own head, and they're, like, they're really, like, they, they're not ready to rock something that maybe they should mm-hmm. rock, or, I mean, you know what I'm saying, like, how many of us oh, are yeah. like, just so committed to making something work that really is more than likely a lost cause, not every time, but more than likely a lost cause. Like for me, I was trying really hard to make Instagram work. It was, I love it, but, you know, it's not where my people are. So, it's like, I'm on right. it for me, but I, I mean, it's like, okay, well, that's just not my energy. It works great for some niches, but, and probably my niche, but I love Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, that's my example. What do you recommend to people to kind of get outside their own mind? Oh, yeah. It's not a tough one when you see everybody else saying, like, well, you should be doing this. This is what you need to be doing. And you're like, oh, and you start to second guess yourself. And that does apply to pivoting and evolving in your business. People like to, they, they get like death grip on things and they're de- like just determined to see something succeed. They want to see it through. And they don't understand that when you let something go, that's not, that's not failure. That's not admitting failure. That's not like, oh, I've given up. That's, evolution a normal part of being an adult human in the entrepreneurial world you know you're going to evolve because as you grow as a person you start to discover more facets to yourself you know you start to discover and refine what you enjoy and what you're good at and like in your situation you liked photography but those weddings like I can um, I can't even imagine like on that note I would never want to like I don't even like being a guest at weddings (laughs) I wouldn't want to be a photographer of one. Um, so you just, you go through these processes and when you finally say, okay, I'm letting this go. You're not saying, well, I suck. I'm a failure. You're saying I'm giving myself permission to pursue the things that I was truly meant to pursue. You're saying no to a good thing so that you can say yes to a great thing. And that's the trade off. It's, it's really just that. And it's not, it's less of a lost cause. And that's what a lot of people feel like they go, Oh, it's a lost cause. You know, it was, you know, doomed from the start. It's not that a lot of the times those businesses that we start that maybe aren't right for us. So I'll use myself for an example. I had a product based business and a blog, super successful, blew those businesses up. And at the end of it, I was terrified to let it go. Terrified because it was, you know, that was my my moneymaker. That was my bread and butter. And for me to say, okay, I'm going to close down these businesses that are, you know, giving me full-time income from home, and I'm going to try to start over again. To go from feast to famine, that's a, that's a terrifying thing. Terrifying. But in the grand scheme of things, I knew I wasn't delivering anything the way it should have been delivered because I, I was tired and just overwhelmed and burn out and, you know, not able to really give of myself anymore in that way. And 
the minute I announced that I was closing, I thought I had all sorts of like anxiety about it too. I remember typing up the posts and the emails and being like, this is all leaving. This is it. And I had such anxiety writing it. And then the minute I hit send, it was like complete relief because I knew I could devote 100% of myself to this new venture that I'm currently in. And it's one of those things that it's the best decision I've ever made. I'm two years into, into coaching and it still is the best thing I've, I've ever done. And, um, one of those things that I tell people, like I would do this for free. That's how much I love what I'm doing. And if you feel that way, about something that you're considering pursuing, if you love something so much that you'd be willing to do it free because that's how much you love it, that's a, that's a sign, you know, that, it, that you're, that wherever you're at right now has served its purpose. It's brought you to this place where you are, where you're willing to, or you're ready to evolve and step into this like brand new world, you know, that's what that is. It's not failure. It's not closure. It's not, you know, lost cause. It's, it's a lesson. It's just growth. That's so true. And like you said, to go from you were successful, but mm -hmm. it just wasn't your purpose. It wasn't your passion. It right. Was, and that's, a, you know, unfortunately, as webinars, I think we understand that, you know, money is wonderful, but sometimes yeah. money isn't everything. And that's why we are leaving the traditional nine to five. I mean, some people, like, a lot of people yeah. love that, obviously. But yeah. I mean, having our own business or doing these things like, for instance, web website design and development and graphics and all stuff typically had to be an agency. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, it's just me. Like, you, like the whole millennial thing or you know, we're changing things. Like, yeah, it's for the best. But you know, we don't see a millennial. I've seen so many in like their fifties, sixties, and seventies doing yeah. this, and it's amazing. And mm -hmm. you know, can you imagine their mindset too of being like, oh, you know, I'm I'm in my sixties and I'm seeing this like twenties and thirties year olds. Yeah. But I think yeah. fortunately I think they realize like they they have their niche. Like they mm -hmm. by then they've pretty much established without doing much work. Well it's really funny. I have a lot of, I, I, in the past year, I've had a lot of clients that were on like that borderline of retirement. You know, they were ready to leave and they were ready to do something else because they realized like they're retiring from what they've been doing for much of their adult lives, but they are not to be like, okay, I'm headed off to Florida to like relax on the beach. They're not doing that. You know, they still have, they've got ideas inside of them and, and so many of them, would, you know, have these conversations with me about this is not where I saw myself. And I think that's one of the things that made me so passionate about pursuing your strengths and just really going for it when you want to do something is seeing these, especially women, it's always my favorite because women are so naturally unsure of themselves. Like we, we have this, like this, this constant second guessing going on, but to see these women that have been through life, they've, you know, they've raised their babies. They've, you know, done all the things that, you know, the, the life goals, they've done all that. And they're saying, I wish I would have done this sooner. I wish I would have listened to my gut sooner. And they're happy that they're doing it now because, you know, they're still, they're still young. They still got it. Um, but it, it's a true testament to remembering what's actually important. And while a lot of us do put a lot of, we put a lot of stock into the financial gain of being an entrepreneur. If you truly think about it, there are much easier ways to make money. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you have to make sure you love what you do if you're going to be in this world. I know, because in some ways it's increasingly easier to get clients as well as being increasingly more difficult to get clients. Yeah, and it's just so much work. It's so much work, especially if you're, you know, a one-person show. And so many of us are. It's just us. We don't have teams, which means we're handling the marketing, the product or service creation, the emails, the, you know, social media, everything. I mean, there are so many different elements to running a business that it is exhausting. And when you're working in a traditional job, you've got one job to do. And then you clock out and you're done. When you're an entrepreneur, that's not the way it works. We all know this. You know, you you start whenever, whenever you want, they say. Um, <laughs> and we all know what that means. It's at the crack of dawn after that first coffee, you yes. started working. And who knows what time you clock out. And if you are working out of your house, it's even harder to detach from your job because it's there. You know, you're always in your office. So... There are definitely easier ways to make money. So if you're if you're an entrepreneurial like in that type of business for money, it's time to reevaluate. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which definitely. I mean, they say if you really want to make money, just go to law school or there you go. Go to medical yeah. school because this, this is not. There's, yeah. There's no real like make 50k overnight. I mean. No. And if it is there was a lot of lead up to that overnight. Yeah. Lots of lead up. Yeah. That's a part that, that like I said in the beginning, the beginners don't see yeah. the, the journey. They see the ads that pop up in their Facebook feed, how I made $10,000 in two days. And they're like, Oh my goodness, I can't do that. I'm just the worst. And I'm like, yeah, but look at that person and how long they've actually been in business. It was not 10 K in two days, you know, with no lead up, they've been in business a long time mm -hmm. and the investment like, there's a huge difference between profit and revenue. And that's another part that, like, if you are not paying attention, it's very easy to have all of those voices and all of that noise push your mindset into, like, well, I should be doing this instead of staying on your own path and focusing on what you're good at and what lights you up. Yes, very true, very true. And, I, and it is easy to get carried away again with that, the FOMO, the the, mm. um, I don't know, the, the Facebook ads of yeah. all this stuff, it's really easy to, to get lost in that. But again, yeah. reminding yourself that they're at a different place, and that's okay. Right. What What would you recommend for people, for the weaknesses? So if there are certain things you can't outsource, you don't, you don't have the money to hire someone to do something you hate, but it's something you have to do. Like, I don't know. So you have to... I can't think of things. I would say, like, you have to do marketing. You have to. You don't have to do Facebook ads, maybe, but you have to do marketing. So you hate marketing. Yeah. So if you have a weakness, what would you recommend for maybe your first goal, maybe overcoming that? Yeah. Just kind of sit down and do it. And then maybe making it into some sort of strength or something in the middle. Yeah. So let's, we'll just use marketing as your example because, believe it or not, that I think is the, like, top thing that most online entrepreneurs are like, I'm not good at marketing. You have to question why you feel you're not good at marketing and most of the time it's not that you're not good at it it's that you're really really scared of it it's really scary to put yourself out there as a business owner and say look at this um and i've heard people liken their businesses and their services and offerings to their child 
And I say, oh, no, 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 no. It's far worse than that. Because with your kid, you have a kid, your kid has its quirks, and you blame it on your child's father. You go, oh, it's his fault that the child's this way. But when it's your business, it's all you. You've put this together, which means that you've put yourself out there for people to either say, oh, my goodness, this is amazing, or there's that potential that you'll have people criticize. And we're very, very afraid of criticism as, like, it's just our nature to be afraid of people thinking bad things about us. Um, so in that, in that world, in the marketing world, if you can identify what it is that is really holding you back, why you feel like you're not good at it, and what we're going to continue on with that, that particular thing, you're afraid of it, you're, you're worried about criticism, you then challenge that logic. Like, okay, well, what happens if someone criticizes me? Does that really mean that I'm just the worst? No, it means that that person didn't really fit with, you know, my message, or my message didn't apply to them. They are not my people. They're not. And that's something that you have to be comfortable with as a business owner, period. Like no matter what you're doing, you know, marketing, your emails, social media, whatever, you're going to come across people who don't necessarily like you, you know, or they, they're not your people and that's okay. So in that situation, it's, it's literally just figure out why you struggle with it. And once you know, then you start to deal with that. And it, like most of the time, I feel like most of the time it is a confidence issue. It's a, I'm worried that people will see me as an imposter or as a fraud or I'm not good enough. And then you have to challenge that with some just deep inner work. Like, why do I feel this way? And, and everybody's journey is completely different. So if you're stuck in that place, don't be afraid to reach out and have conversations with people, you know, talk to your, your, you know, friends, your, your biz besties, just put it out in Facebook groups, make connections because you're going to see that a lot of the things that you feel you're weak in, um, especially things like marketing, because marketing you do have to do. You don't have to be on Instagram. You don't. You have a choice. You don't have to, you know, be fun and loud and quirky if you don't want to. You don't have to have a podcast. You can be yourself. Um, but the things that you do have to do, like marketing, you know, talk to people, have conversations. You'll find that a lot of the things that you feel are weaker, that's unfound. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I, I feel... Feel like to be imposter, it's definitely a confidence issue. Or, yeah, it's definitely a confidence issue. And you definitely need to wear the shoulds and the should not. Just remove the shoulds yeah. completely. And yes. focus on, you know, what works for you. Like I always say, like start with one platform, master that, don't overwhelm yourself, don't like do like a bazillion things. Um, and just just start with that and then start scaling. But yeah, yes, absolutely. All of what you said is so important uh, to do that. And mm -hmm. um, kind of just getting over that a little bit, I feel like. Um, excuse me, another thought. What do you, what do you recommend for, for helping people maybe get out of that mindset? Out of the I'm not good enough mindset? Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough one because everybody responds to um, different things differently. So I always recommend, again, having a good support system and someone that you're comfortable sounding off to and letting them know, like, this is how I'm feeling. And you can trust that person to tell you, like, the truth. <laughs> you know, you need to have that person in your life that's going to say, no, 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 no. That's, that's not that's not the truth. You're wrong. You are a great person. You are you know, worthy of being paid and so on and so forth. Um, the other thing is 
constantly be ready to challenge those thoughts as they pop up into your head and reword them, reframe them. So maybe you say, I'm not, I'm not good at marketing. You could say, okay, I'm new to marketing. I'm still learning, but that's, that's it. I'm learning. I'm learning it. I'm not expected to be perfect. And you kind of release yourself from those there's just arbitrary like constraints that we put on ourselves where we do feel like we have to be perfect. So it's a lot of just intentional self-talk, finding yourself constantly that you are of value, that you are worth it, and that what you are after, you deserve. You know, you deserve to have success. You deserve to, to be happy with what you're doing, and it should be your way. It doesn't have to be everybody else's way, and that that's okay. You know, and that, that's the other thing, like people, people get very hung up in what's, what's allowed and what's not allowed based off of what they see from the, the majority. Um, you're allowed to not be a part of that majority. And everybody goes, oh, but I want to be successful. And I'm like, listen, like, look and listen. The people that you're talking to right now, those, those industry leaders that you admire so much, they're industry leaders because they stood out. They stood out. They didn't do what everybody else did. Don't be a carbon copy. You don't have to be a carbon copy. And the best thing that you can do is stand out because even the people who are standing back like, oh, I wouldn't do that, they're paying attention. They see you. So it, it really goes in with that. What does, what does the celebrity say? That even bad press is good press? Yes. And I feel so. like earlier they were saying like, we need to give ourselves permission to do things, to, mm-hmm. okay, maybe it's not going to work, but we need to give ourselves permission to try. We need yeah. ourselves permission to take breaks, to do, do all these things. I think we forget that we can do that. Like part of being our own boss is we can give ourselves different, I guess, constraints or, you know, release yeah. constraints or add, you know, add yeah. different tasks. And then, of course, like, you know, Absolutely. If you truly hate something, you truly hate it. You're not good at it. You're not getting any better at it. Outsource it. And even if you're in those early stages where you're like, I don't have the money, trade services with people. Seriously, if you've got something that you're really good at. So, for example, Kirsten and I have a partnership. I'm really good at video and video editing. I hate editing podcasts. I hate it. I love recording them. Have the conversations, but sitting down in front of a computer for an hour and a half minimum, because we talked for a really long time, and editing that podcast with nothing that drives me insane. So Kirsten handles it, and I handle video. <laughs> you can do the same thing even if you're not in a partnership. If you're really good at creating social media graphics, but you hate editing your blog posts, see if there's someone with the opposite. You know, someone that like hates editing or creating social media graphics and loves editing, trade services with them, put it out there. A lot of people are willing to do that sort of thing and you help each other out and you build your network and that network is so valuable. So there are definitely ways around doing things that you just genuinely hate and to be honest that you probably suck at. <laughs> definitely. I see this all the time in Facebook groups that you can barter services, you make these connections. Yeah. Fine. All of the best people I've met have been on Facebook. All of my team members yeah. I found on Facebook. So, I mean, Facebook mm-hmm. is 
such a powerful platform, as you know, and it's, it's almost like you, you need to be taking advantage of it because not only are your clients on it, but like you can get these services, you, you can create mm-hmm. unique things for yourself to, sur- to surround right. and support you, even if, you know, like I said, live video. Yeah. That does bring um, me to this. So right now we're doing a live video challenge. So that is something that I think a lot of people have weakness, but it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, you got to get over it. So, like, live video yeah. is, like, this huge thing. Video in general is a huge thing. So, obviously, right. maybe start with some non-live video if you're really afraid of the live. But, like, the, that giving yourself permission that, you know, it's okay to to maybe be on camera and make a mistake because, you know, people don't really care what oh, you yeah. do. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, live, live video, or video is huge right now. And I think a lot of people were very yeah. hesitant. Like, even, like, um, I was listening to Amy Porterfield, and she had this really honest podcast about how, you know, she's really good with audio. She said she doesn't like being in front of the camera because she has her own, like, security plus self-esteem issues and all that stuff. But, you know, she, mm-hmm. she still has that mindset struggle, but she's able to kind of just not, like, still do it anyways. It's kind of like, I guess, how actors mm-hmm. like, never actually watch their movie when it's done or they never watch the TV show. It's like, they yeah. do it, and then they're done. <laughs> I don't ever yeah. really watch stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, can you edit this? And, you know, whatever. So, there are ways Oh, my goodness, it. yeah. But I think the uh, takeaway is nobody's... Like, they really care. They're here for you, as long as you're authentic, you're, you're serving a purpose. They're not there for mm-hmm. to catch all your flaws or mistakes or, you know, laugh at you. Oh, my gosh. No, and that's such a such a good point about live video, and this is one of the things that I'm really passionate about. I love video 100% completely. It's my favorite thing. I've been doing video for a very long time, and uh, live video I love, too, because it's very interactive. You get to have conversations with people, with your, you know, viewers. It's such a fun, fun part of business. I could, like, spend all day on, on live, but I stutter, and I stumble over my words because I think faster than I can speak the way most people do. And I've never, in my huge amounts of time doing live video, I've never had someone be like, oh my goodness, I can't listen to her because she said, um, and she misspoke. Nobody cares because we are constantly fed the filtered version of the the yeah. business world. We see so much Pinterest perfection all the time that, gosh, it's nice when you can get on a live with someone who is happy and successful and then you go, oh my goodness, you know, she cracks her gum just like I do, you know? Um, yes. And I don't recommend cracking gum on camera just because it's super annoying. But <laughs> but we all have those weird things that we do, you know, like I find that I, I'm constantly twirling my hair. If I'm in a conversation with someone on Facebook on a live, I'll sit there and twirl my hair the whole time because I have to have my hands busy or I wildly gesture and stuff. And nobody's like, oh, she's just not professional. They just have gotten to know, like, oh, Aaron's a real person, and it's okay to be a real person. Your people are dying to have someone relatable. They want someone relatable because it really helps solidify that, you know, perfection's unattainable and that you're okay right where you are. So if you're letting things like 
your, you know, mannerisms or your voice or even looking at yourself hold you back from doing video, like, girl, let it go. It's time. <laughs> and there are definitely, like, tricks. Like, I've talked about this before. Like, people that, you know, they, you know, I don't always wear makeup, but sometimes I do. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just a trick for some people. Um, yeah. Then um, there's someone who, she, you know, she just uses filters. I don't I don't know yeah. if I've ever seen her not use filters, but that's her thing. Like that's her thing now. So if yeah. There are um, so Brittany in her she's in her uh, in transparent internet tech, tech talk group. I don't remember. Brittany she started wearing a red beard um, mm-hmm. over her face, and that became like a security blanket. And now she's able to do it without. But that just kind of became her thing because she she would like she's a red beard biking or whatever. Like that just became her thing. There's definitely uh-huh. little, like, baby steps to doing it. I Mine yeah. was, I started doing audio podcasts. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, all these ums and all that stuff. And I, like, edited it out for a little bit. And then I was like, whatever, like, nobody cares. Maybe with audio, they pay attention more. But I don't know. <laughs> then I was like, then I, I don't know. It helped me to jump into live video because it's like, well, I already mm-hmm. had practice. I was doing podcasting. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just came more naturally. I felt like. It's just so much easier to read in text. So, and yeah. the video is just even more easier to listen than audio. Oh, yeah. Such a great connect, like I said, connecting and engaging. And, you know, yeah. Facebook loves this. Facebook loves it. Facebook loves live video. Yes. <laughs> Facebook loves live video and the engagement and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I have a, so another kind of question, again, about mindset. So, clients, people, People who are, you know, starting out or, you know, they have all, I feel like people who are starting out are more likely to have all these, like, mindset. Oh, yeah. They have to retrain themselves completely. Yeah. They are maybe struggling to realize when is a good time, like, to start start charging hair prices. A lot of them, myself included, for a long time, I was like, well, it's not my full-time, like, let's say my full-time job, so I'm not going to charge these high prices or, you know, all these things, but so they're, like, stuck charging low prices. What would you recommend for, like, helping people come to the realization that they are worth higher prices, that's just an example, but they are, so yeah, like, mindset concepts to master so that they can, like, get to where they should be. Oh, yeah. Well, the the money part is a tough one. (laughs) The money part is a scary one for most people because they're not used to having to set a price tag on their own worth. And they don't want to be perceived. That's such a funny thing. They don't want to be seen as, you know, bragging or asking too much. They want to be convenient for the people. But my I always tell people, like, you're not here to be Walmart. You're not. You're not. A discount store. And it doesn't matter if you're doing it as a full-time thing, as a part-time thing. You are providing a service to someone else that they do. They then don't have to worry about. So, for an example, like with myself, I'm a coach. People pay me to sit and talk to me for 90 minutes. And when I first started, I'll admit, because, again, I'm a, I'm a woman. We have guilt tendencies. It's okay. Um, I felt bad. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to sit with this person and talk to them the way I would, like, anyway. But realize, like, I'm offering a service. I'm offering them something of value, something that they need. They need to be able to get out of their own heads to be able to do the things that they want to do. So pricing-wise, 
take a look at what other people are pricing it at and ask what the difference between them and you is. If it's simply like, well, I don't have as much experience, that's fine. Price yourself according to your experience. That's totally fine to do and you can keep working up. But remember that you are still providing a service. You are worthy of compensation because you are helping in a way that, you know, your clients or your customers are not going to be able to get from anywhere else because you're going to do it your way, um, no matter what industry you're in. So that's a huge part of it. And just reminding yourself, like, you're shortchanging yourself if you charge less than what you're worth. And not only that, if you really want to get deep into it, you have to remember the mindset of the consumer as well, because as much as we don't want to sit here and be like, oh, I don't want to charge very much, the consumer is trained that you get what you pay for. And if you're cheaper than everybody else, they're going to assume that the quality of your work is not as good as everybody else. Don't be afraid to put a good price tag on your on your services or your products. Don't be afraid to price yourself for what you're worth. Your people will respect that and they will, you know, pay for those services. I love that. that I never, that's a great thing. I, I haven't really thought about that, that, you know, they're paying for what, or they're getting what they're paying for, basically, obviously. Yeah. It's weird to think about it, like, in reverse anyway. But yeah. I also have recently been, I guess, enlightened of some sort to remind myself that you're right, again, you're your client, your ideal client, your ICA, they're going to pay it. They, oh, yeah. If they aren't paying it, like, that's kind of been some of my problems um, that I've seen with people. It's like, my ICA, you know, previously, they were always like, oh, I can't afford it, or, oh, that's not what I was looking for. Like, they were dictating it. And I'm like, well, they're not my ICA then. Like, right. ICA will pay for it. Your IC, yeah. You know, you can even go up, like, if it's not your ICA, you can go beyond your ICA and they'll pay even more, but then you might have different issues that right. you, know, you won't connect, you won't mesh well. So, right. so, so yeah, so in some ways you might not be getting as much as you could, but then you're getting other side prices. So, yeah, it's like right. your ICA will pay for it. I told me something yesterday, and I was like, well, you know, I might not pay those prices, but I guarantee you people will pay those prices. So, oh, yeah. Like, like, oh, yeah. I would like a, to tell people, yeah. like, if you can afford yourself, then you need to charge more. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point, too. But, yeah, so for everybody, it's like, just because, even, so she was asking me, I was like, okay, well, I had a little hesitancy on one thing. But, again, that's just because I wouldn't spend that. But I I, right. I know someone would. So, for instance, mm-hmm. she was giving me, like, four different tiers. And I was like, for, the funny thing is, the lower tier, I... The lower tier, I was like, I was the one I was having an issue with. I'm like, well, I wouldn't pay that, but I would absolutely pay for that. The fourth, the third, and fourth high tier because I feel like that's priced well. So, but that's right. the other thing is, like, I don't know, the advantage of tiers is you can work, you can figure it out too. So, yeah, like the putting yourself in the mind of the consumer of um, getting what you're paying for, of course, they're probably going to try and bargain. You shouldn't let them bargain too much because, again, you are a service, and that's not really fair. You can't bargain right. at Walmart. That's the only way. That's, that's exactly. The only you can probably bring Walmart into this because you can't bargain yeah. with them. Exactly. <laughs> That's a a big thing too. People, people do that. They're like, well, someone said they're willing to pay me X, you know, X amount of money. And I'm like, is that what you charge normally? Well, no, then no, your, your, you know, compensation is non-negotiable. 
you know, unless like I always say like friends and family discount, you can have a friends and family discount, but make it like you set boundaries on that too. You're in charge of your business. And if you are constantly like negotiating with people, word's going to get out that you're an easy target, <laughs> you know, well, like talk to them and they'll work with you. Like you're, there's nothing mean about protecting yourself. And everybody's like, well, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be mean and I want to be nice and help people out. Great. Help people out. But there are other ways to do it. You then need, you need compromise for your, your income. And for your own business. So yeah. That's probably another topic on its own. It sounds embarrassing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, definitely. I, I see I see that trap a lot. And, you know, like you said earlier, like if you're willing to give people free, then you should talk to them. Like, I, I believe in um, some of my sites so much, I am not raising my rates on them or anything. Right. But, um, but they're kind of grandfathered into that. But but they're also my IPA at the same time. So I wouldn't be working super hard for little or less if I, Mm -hmm. you know, like if it was too much extra work. So again, sometimes finding that balance, because there's, like I said, also bartering services. There's nothing wrong with sometimes doing some free work and then getting some free work or discounted work. Or it's because at the same time, because then you're networking, and then if you're starting out, it's like you're building a case study portfolio. So yeah, absolutely. I think we might have gotten a little off topic, but I I do think that a lot of people in here are not charging what they're worth, and you know right. maybe in the beginning that's okay, but not for long. I don't think. Um, no, no, you and and pricing is it's a it's part of the growth process too. You'll find a rate that works for you. And I don't think there are many people who right from the get go know exactly what they want to charge. Um, especially like you said, when you're in that portfolio or testimonial building season. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that. The most important thing is to keep in mind how much you need to be making in order to be doing what you're doing full time, you know, because you don't want to end up in a position where you know, you're one of those, those sob stories that you're living in a van down by the river, you know, um, you want to make sure you're taking care of yourself too. That's, yes, that's so true. And I definitely had that mindset trap a while ago because I was like, well, mm-hmm. this is part-time, like I have another job, so I'll, but then it's like, you still got to value it by like, you're spending an hour or however many hours out of your day. So maybe start with how much is your hour worth? So, yeah. Especially if you're part time or doing it at night and like this is taking you away from like your family, like Yeah. How much is that worth if you're not yeah. sitting with your husband or your girlfriend or whatever? Your children Absolutely. I mean, even if you're single, it's like I mean, maybe on a Tuesday night it doesn't matter, but if it's a Friday night or a Saturday night. So anyway, some great information. I'm going to let you go. I didn't get any comments, but um, I know you're in the group so people can use yes. at or te- mention Erin if you have any questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, there's some of this that could be a whole another episode. <laughs> but I mean, if you if you think about it, well, I guess a closing note. If you think about it, you are making mindset coaching work, and that is I feel like in some ways that is the one of the hardest things to make work because people are people are like they don't want to invest in themselves. They want they oh, yeah. they don't see the ROI quite as tangibly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like in some ways it is. So I feel like if people, there's, but there's so many of you guys, and you guys just make amazing work. So if you can make mindset coaching work, then I think we can make, 
I don't think there's, I don't know if there's any other mindset that can do this. But then we can make all of the rest of our stuff work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It's a person that it's not a roadmap that they meet they need for their business, but they just need to do some internal work. If that can sell, anything can. Exactly. <laughs> and like you said, you can be an entry for hire. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, I guess with that, thank you so much, Erin. Um, of course. So I know you're with Whitman Wisdom, and that's a podcast, and I know you have Facebook group and all that stuff. Is there mm -hmm. anything else where people can, like, resources that... Maybe that's yours or your favorite resources that people can maybe get started on diving into them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you can go to withwittandwisdom.co, and that is it has a complete library of resources from both my business partner and myself from the past several years. Um, and then we also share a lot of content in our group from not just ourselves, but from other, you know, reputable resources to help you grow your businesses. Well, perfect. Well, after this, did you link to those in the comments, especially a group? I love, I love sharing. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those people that is like, <laughs> I'm like, no, we're here to grow together. So that's right. Share whatever you feel like anybody could benefit from, and definitely watching. Please go take advantage if you so inclined, and tell Aaron hello. <laughs> and yes, like, say hello. Guys, let me know how you liked this podcast or this episode, and. If you want to hear it back or if you have any questions, uh, just let us know. Thank you again, and have a great day. Thanks. Bye.